Hey guys, welcome to the Lebu Lion podcast, the biggest marketing and entrepreneurship podcast on the African continent. This is the first episode where we sit with thought leaders, influencers, and thinkers who will help me co-host the Lebo Lion podcast and bring an extra zing to our conversations. Today's incredible co-host is an individual who has taught me a lot about strategy, negotiating, and how to get yourself through situations that seem impossible in the moment. Tune in. I am a strategist, I'm an all-round consultant, money maker, deal closer. It's my job to make sense of things. As an influencer, you know how to speak to your community. You know how to develop content that actually speaks to what you are delivering to your audience day to day. But it is then the agency that is driving campaigns in a way that don't make sense. Because mm-hmm. I've experienced it in conversations I've had with people. They always say, then, but, but then how do we fix it? How do we fix it? Becomes, But having this conversation mm-hmm. is a part of fixing it. Yes. It's just raising it and saying, hey guys, this is what's happening. Mm. Think about it. Yes. Let's be conscious yeah. of it and be able to make decisions that are better than what we've been making before. And it's not just marketing. Mm. I think it's the creative sector in its holisticness. The only reason why sports works is because there's structure that, that the sports fraternity doesn't even control. Yeah. Yeah. so excited about today's episode guys you can't even imagine because you know it's coming on the back foot of a tweet that i posted last week and it was all about agencies that use the same influencers over and over and over and over again and frankly i'm just tired of seeing it so i thought Let's not have this be a one-sided conversation. Let's bring somebody who can represent an alternative voice to this conversation, bring a different perspective, and he's right here with me. And as you know, on the podcast, we always ask guests to introduce themselves. So, Mangoba, please introduce yourself. Thanks for that, uh, Lebu. I'm excited to be here. My name is Mangoba Gubega. I'm Q the Satellite on all socials. And I am a CASA by profession and I am a strategist. Um, I work in the music industry as a licensing exec. I am the general manager for licensing at Samro. And yeah, I'm an all-round consultant, moneymaker, deal closer. It's my job to make 
sense of things, you know? Yeah. And I think uh, that's why you invited me here for this conversation. Look, I'm really excited that you're here. And thank you so much for honoring the invitation. You know, I know you're busy. You're the head of licensing. Guys, I know a lot of people don't know what licensing is. I think when we hear people say they're from the music industry, we're just assuming that they're like an artist manager yeah. and they're looking after artists all day and going to parties. But Mangoba, before we go into our conversation, yeah. please clarify for people what you do. All right. So essentially what I do is I, I protect the copyright of musicians. Wherever their music is being used, I must make sure that people are paying the license for that. Um, so, for example, when radio stations like YFM, Metro FM play music, they need to have a license with Samro uh, for the people who've written the music that is being played on that station. And the same goes for a restaurant that plays that music. The same goes for um, YouTube. Uh, Netflix, when they use that music, uh, SABC, everywhere where there's music being used for commercial use, uh, we actually are licensing those and we collect those fees and we pay them back to the to the musicians who have written that music. Simple as that. Simple as that, he says. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that sounds really complicated. I mean, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But for people sitting at home who don't really understand it, I want to just break it down. So yeah. basically, you're the guy who says, this person has recorded this song. And everywhere where this song is being played, they need to pay for the use of playing that song, right? So not recording the song, no, but the where, person has written the, play, the song. Okay, so yeah. you are basically protecting songwriters. Songwriters and composers, yes. Songwriters and composers. So yes. it's not necessarily the artist who's singing the song. No, it's, it's the not. person who wrote it. Yes. Or the person who made the beat. When yes, you say or, the per, or the person who made the beat. Okay, yes. cool. So that's actually further clarification. And I'm sure some people listening also had the same misunderstanding that I did. You know, where okay. you're protecting the artist and you're not. You're protecting yeah. the guys who are helping create the song. And you're making sure that every time that they... Uh, their song is played anyway. Yeah. Doesn't matter if it's a party or a mall or a spa. Yeah. But they are being paid for use of that song. Absolutely. That's a hectic job. It's very difficult because people don't want to pay licenses. <laughs> people don't want to pay licenses. Corporates yeah. don't want to pay licenses. Uh, a lot of them are paying <laughs> licenses, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, uh, drag my 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 very good licensees names in the mud. Uh -huh. um, I think. A lot of the big corporates that we know, the big uh, centers, the, the the big retailers, they, they're doing the things, whether it's sports, whether it's gyms, whether it's, uh, um, you know, grocers and all of that, um, restaurants as well. A lot of them are paying their licenses. I've got a few fights that I'm having with others, but uh, it's not for this conversation. It's not for this conversation. No. So most, most companies in South Africa are trying to play their part. Yes, uh, we've got a very strong, good corporate citizenship culture in South Africa. Aye. Where people are trying to comply uh, with the rules and regulations that are out there. So yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm lucky that that it's it's an environment that encourages that. It makes my job easier, but it certainly doesn't make negotiating the actual price and payment structures easier because mm. uh, everybody's out to maximize their buck and um, you know they they need to understand their value. So my job is to explain to them what it is we do, why it works, and why they need to keep on paying. 
you have a job that leverages on so many important skills that people don't have negotiating communicating value being able to identify how people can benefit from participating in certain things and also that citizenship of being responsible for communities that are bigger than just you yeah and i think that's that's very very cool and i would actually love to have a conversation about the music industry with you maybe we'll do of it course. again you know on another podcast but i think today I wanted to have this conversation with you about the influences, not necessarily because you are in the industry. Yeah. But you know what? When I was thinking about having this conversation with another marketer, I was like, this could be a very subjective conversation, mm. right? Especially because as marketers, we have something to gain in our industry. Yeah. So our conversations don't always come from a place of like really wanting to nurture the industry it could just be about wanting to nurture my pocket of course for the next five months or the next two years you know <laughs> so i wanted to have this conversation with a somebody who represents the public yeah right and then be somebody who understands business yeah and see somebody who understands how talent is commercialized yeah and how industries are nurtured and built Mm -hmm. by how talent is used and moved around mm -hmm. and showcased, right? Because mm -hmm. influencers are talent at the end of the yeah. day. They are the digital creators. Mm -hmm. They're the ones who help campaigns, marketing campaigns and brands amplify their messaging and their offering to yeah. broader communities. Yeah. So that's why I wanted you here to have this conversation with me. Of course. Awesome. I mean, I like the term that you used, like... Uh, um, you phrase it like uh, commercialization of talent. I yes. think that's that's a really cool phrase, and uh, and I think, yeah, that's what this conversation is really about for mm -hmm. me, in, like in terms of understanding it. Uh, so yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks, thanks, Lebo, for this opportunity. I know you're like a powerhouse in this podcasting game, <laughs> and uh, to be in the chair that's next to you, I gotta have my story straight and. Uh, you know, I need social to... distancing protocol observed. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Um. You know, are you ready for this conversation? Always. It's gonna rub a lot of people up the wrong way. It's my job to deal with that. So okay, I'm, I'm ready. He says he's ready for the fire, guys. Let's get into this conversation. Why are some agencies paying and using the same influencers for different brand campaigns? This is a conversation, let me be honest with everybody. I have been very scared to have this conversation because I am not one of the gatekeepers of the marketing um, agency world in South Africa. I'm completely outside of it, you know? Mm. And there is no incentive for me to rub people up the wrong way because they could give me opportunities, yeah. right? And this conversation is not a personal dig at one person. I'm talking about the industry in its entirety. Because mm -hmm. what I like to talk about on my family meetings on Instagram is when one person in your industry does something wrong, all of you are wrongdoers Yeah. by association. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you call them out or not, you're still going to be painted with the same brush mm -hmm. because they represent something you're a part of. Absolutely. And so I'm having this conversation because I'm saying, guys, as marketers, I think we need to do better. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. When one of us does wrong, we're all doing wrong. Mm -hmm. And from my perspective, when I think about brand campaigns and marketing, I think about how this is just plain business, guys. Yeah. One plus one, right? It is. You have a brand, they want a campaign. What's the campaign for? The campaign is to execute certain objectives that they have yeah. in their strategy to please stakeholders yes. and to serve the market. That's yes. it. No matter which department you're in, at the end of the day, whatever you're doing in the organization has to serve the stakeholders and the overriding 
objectives of the company. Absolutely. Right? But whether you're a CA or whether you're in e- the economics department or the HR department or whatever mm. the department may be, right? You don't use the same strategy document to tackle different problems. Yes. That doesn't make sense. It right? does not make sense. And so if you're not using the same strategy to tackle different problems, it means you're not using the same tools. Absolutely. To tackle those problems because the problems are different. The problems are different. And they have different solutions. Yes. So, this is why I think fundamentally for me, it doesn't make sense that you can use the same influencers for different brand campaigns. Yeah. Because each campaign should have different objectives. Absolutely. Am I wrong? Am I right? I think, like, you know, it's difficult to say that point is wrong or right. I think um, I'd like to follow up with a question that some people might have listening to this right now. Um, What, what, or maybe the question is, are there influencers that can be used for multiple uh, campaigns? And... Is the the same influencer that can be used for um, um, an alcohol brand? Um, the same influencer can be used for a bank. The same influ- influencer can be used for um, you know a, a learning institution. Yeah. Because when I'm watching TV, um, I see those ads run at the same time, and I'm the same audience. What mm-hmm. if that influencer has that broad of an audience? If you've got two million followers. Surely you should be able to run any campaign on your page. Maybe that's what people are asking themselves out there. I certainly ask the question when I'm actually trying to think of it objectively. Um, so I'm asking you, are there influencers that can actually be on multiple? Their page can look like uh, a Formula One jacket with a lot of brands on it. I think you're asking a beautiful question. And a lot of agencies who have some kind of strategic you know, finesse yeah. might be able to argue that point and say, no, but it's not about the influencer, it's about their community. Mm-hmm. And because their community are people, you can market almost anything to people, right? Yeah. And that's also a challenge that I find with my clients. Mm-hmm. They say, our product is for everybody. But once you put the market, the, the product to test in the market, mm-hmm. you find that it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Actually, yes, you're making cakes, but your cakes have flour and they have wheat. Mm. So they're not for gluten-free people. Mm -hmm. Your cake has nuts. So it's not for people who eat nuts. Your cake has dairy. Who are allergic to nuts. Who are allergic to nuts, my apologies. (laughs) (laughs) And your cake has dairy. So it's not for people who are lactose intolerant. People with celiac disease or IBS might not be able to eat your cake. So is your cake for everyone just because you think everyone eats cake? Mm. That's the the question we need to ask ourselves. Mm. Then when it comes to influencers and their communities, yes, their communities are broad. They have a lot of people following them. But people are following them for something specific. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And that's the point that it doesn't seem like agencies are asking themselves, why do people follow this person? Yes. And it's not always directed at the kind of content the person produces. Okay. But it's literally about what inspires people to keep staying on that page yeah. and enjoying that person's content. What is the community so, gathered there for? Yes, what's the community gathered there for? Uh-huh. So we're not saying that a beauty influencer can't also influence cars. Yes. Because maybe their overall influence is aspirational life you know so anything that's expensive and high-end their community will take from them because that's what they're there for they're there to see this person as a market leader or a trend advisor in Mm. all things upper life okay so we're not 
we're not saying brands shouldn't use one influencer for different things. No. Yeah. But we're saying different campaigns have different objectives. Yes. And it needs to be clear okay. in partnering with this person that actually we know you influence people for this. Yeah. So we understand that it can fit into this and this and this pocket. Yeah. So what you're also finding, and I mean, I do a lot of B2B influencing, something that's very new that's coming up. And guys, I'm going to write a book about this because what, it's what's so B2B incredible. business to business? B- business to business. All right. And um, it's, I think it's a bit of a misguided uh, label because yeah. influence is influence. And even if you're influencing business, quote unquote, businesses are people. Of course. So it's all B2C. All influencers B2C. This is a broad statement that I'm making, <laughs> but that's what I that's what I, I, I believe. And I'm going to be writing about this. So guys, wait for that. And, and End for, of next year it's gonna be coming through. For yeah. those of us or for the listeners who might be new to your podcast, they yeah. won't know what B2C is if yeah. maybe they're not in the marketing industry, yeah. etc. So, so B2C is just business to customer. And the okay. business in this case would be anyone who's offering the content from an influence mm-hmm. perspective. So yeah. because I'm the influence, I'm the business, yes. the C is the customer, my audience. Okay. Right? So we can okay. say I2C, influencer to community. Okay. Right? So okay. it's an I2C brand. It's not an I2B brand. Wow. Right? All right. So let, let's, let's talk about it that way. So what you find is when people follow my page on Instagram, for example, yes, mm-hmm. I talk about marketing and business, but people are genuinely inspired by how I choose to live life and do business. Yes. So they see me as somebody who can offer them advice about anything. Yes. And it could be something that gives them a fast track or an insight into something greater than what they know. Mm. Which means that I can work with a car brand. Yes, you can. And I can work with Handy Andy. Uh-huh. And I can work with the jewelry brand. Yes. But the difference is my positioning. Yeah. So I'm not going to talk about the car brand the same way Michali would. Yes, of Because course. people don't listen to me the same way they listen to her. Yes. So knowing my audience, if I'm going to talk about a car brand, I'd be talking about, you know what, guys? Um, if you're looking for something that's cost-effective but also positions you well to your clients of course. and you're trying to go to XYZ meeting, this is how you do the car. Of course. But what we're seeing and the reason why we're having this conversation is that the comms show you that the strategy, the comms is the communication. Yes. So the captions, the way the, the influencers speak about things, the way they do things. Yeah. Shows you that it's not aligned to a strategy that showcases that the brand or agency understands how these people talk to their, mm-hmm. uh, their audience and what the audience follows them for. All right. So what, what I really like about what you've just uh, demonstrated now is that you've actually uh, you know, dealt with all the devil's advocate kind of thoughts that were running through my mind and why you are making this the agency's responsibility. Mm-hmm. Because as an influencer, you know how to speak to your community. You know how to develop uh, content that actually speaks to what you are delivering to your audience day to day. But it is then the agency that is driving campaigns in a way that don't make sense. Aha. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And you're, you're making a beautiful point, Mangob, I think. Because a lot of the time when we have this conversation, people drag the influencers. Yeah. And I'm like, no, this is not a conversation about dragging influencers, guys. Yeah. The person with the money is the one in control. In this conversation, mm. the people with the money are the agencies and the brands. Yeah, bro. So it's either brand is giving agency terrible, terrible instructions and agencies just saying, we want to survive so we will do it even though it doesn't represent us. Hey. Or 
agency is colluding with influencers and making this a stock fell and saying we want to work with our friends because we're too lazy to research Ooh. we're too lazy to understand the industry and in fact we want to be just like big bullies in the industry yeah. and showcase our power so we'll work with the same people and anyone who wants to work with us has to be our friend oh lord unethical a messy situation messy is like a nice way to put it and i think you know and 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 you you've you've kind of put Two very different scenarios, but that can also happen at the same time mm-hmm. in that the brand is being pressurized or the agency is being pressurized by the brand mm. um, to 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 drive um, a certain message that the agency might not believe is in the best interest of the brand. But because they want to secure the bag and keep eating and survive, um, they, they, they implement it anyway. Mm. Um, and there's a scenario where the the bra- the agency is then using the same band of influencers for many different jobs, even if it doesn't fit the best um, outcome or mm. you know objectives of the brand. Mm. And th- when those two are even married, it's even it's worse, worse because then <laughs> it's a mess. The- and you know, I-, I think you you you're painting this thing so nicely. Uh, because what people aren't understanding about why we're blaming agency and brand is because they validate what is true. Mm. They validate the influencers and celebrities who are relevant. Yes. Because they pay them. Yes. Guys, money validates all things. Yes. Money validates the existence of systems, of movements, of trends, of cultures. Mm -hmm. So these people are going against the societal culture. They're going against what people really want and the conversations people are having. And they're saying, we can try to force communities Mm. to see things our way. Mm. That's the worst kind of marketing you can have. Mm. Because good marketing plugs into existing conversations and becomes a Mm. thought leader in those communities. Mm. It is not... um, you know, a, a, a strict parent who tries to force the child to believe in what they believe in. <laughs> Absolutely. And I feel like when agencies and brands force relevance in people who are not relevant. Yeah. And by not relevant, we mean fit to campaign. Yes. Then they are not plugging into cultures, nurturing cultures or building value. Yes. They just creating for the sake of it. And tomorrow we all forget. Mm, mm, and mm. so what was the point of it? Mm. You know, and I think to go into further into this conversation, then we talk about the sustainability, the viability of the influencer industry as a talent industry. Yes. How credible can it be if the people who are being validated don't have the talent? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it cannot be credible. And I think. You know the the picture that came to my mind when you said that when you when you asked that question is it, it, for me it, it sounds like brands are saying we're gonna make the Kruger National Park so cool and have much more visitors. So what we're gonna do is because it's winter and it's you know the low market etc cetera, etc cetera, we're gonna bring winter animals to the Kruger National Park. So we're gonna bring polar bears <laughs> to the Kruger National Park. Yeah, <laughs> that's freaking what they're doing. That's exactly I mean, what they're doing. Like yeah, it'll be cool, but like po- the polar bears will die. Yes. Because there's no ice at the Kruger National Park. And then the Kruger National Park becomes a place where animals go to die. Absolutely. 
And what happens then, those carcasses will be eaten. And it's very sad that, uh, you know, the marketing industry kind of doesn't have, like, the, the one voice that says, these are the rules, these, this is the code of conduct. Is there a book that, 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 that drives this? No. Um, I mean, or is it just, you know, based on people who, who, who want to actually do the job that they're supposed to do? And, and have conversations like this either in a podcast, in interviews, and more importantly, in boardrooms. Look, lawyers, CAs, engineers are starting marketing companies, and God knows what they're doing with those companies. <laughs> so there's obviously no law here. It's uh, oh, whoever Lord. wants to come can come and do whatever they please, and that is the issue. Oof. So I think there does need to be regulation. I yeah. think there does need to be some kind of law that guides how we do things. Yeah. And it's incredibly difficult because we are led by creativity. Absolutely. And how do you legislate creativity? You know, how do mm. you do that? But I think there's so many places in the world that have shown us how it's done well. Absolutely. You know, the states do it so well. I mean, they're basically the birthplace of advertising for me. Mm. And they do it so well in terms of being able to showcase the true talent that's there. Yes, there'll still be bad things, mm. but the, the, the great things preside. The great things are the ones that have the voice, the biggest, the loudest voices. Absolutely. And I think that's important because, you know, this whole talent thing, and, you know, when we're saying... How does an industry survive when the least or the not talented people are the ones who are given opportunities? Yo. This is still not a drag, good people. Mm. And I know when people want to make it spicy in that way, it's not a drag. Mm. It is. There's a high unemployment rate in South Africa and on the African continent. Because mm. when I posted this tweet, people from Kenya, Congo, Zim, everywhere were echoing my sentiments. And they were saying, it's like you've been to my country. Those were the comments I was getting. Mm-hmm. So what you're getting is, Strong countries and strong economies are built by people who do what they do well. Yes. It's not about chasing your passion. Absolutely. It's not about living your dream. It's about, can you be the best at this thing? Yeah. And can that help us become a market leader globally? Absolutely. Or wherever. So if you've got people who don't know how to do the thing, and they're the ones who are the faces of the market, yeah. the market cannot have value. And yeah. so it cannot be globally competitive. Yeah. And so therefore, we will not have a voice in that. And what does that mean? It means that all the global financial opportunities that exist for that industry will not come here. Yes. So Absolutely. it's a money game, guys. This is not a drag. I don't yes. hate any influencer. I'm an influencer too. I'm saying we're losing money. <laughs> we're losing money because we're not optimizing. It's all about optimization. It's, all it's about as simple optimization. as that. You know, if you had to think about South Africa as a company, what is our competitive advantage? What can we mm. go out and sell to the rest of the world that is not a natural resource? Yeah. What is our talent advantage? What do we have here? Mm. And I don't think people think about influencing in that way. So they make it a joke and they just do it any way they please. Yes. But you know, for you in auditing, I'm not too familiar, but I know that um, in auditing, you still have to justify why your team is made up a certain way. Yes, And do. everyone in the team has to be accountable for certain things. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, going back to my CA days, well, not even CA days, but auditing days in, in my CA training, um, everything has a structure. It's almost like when you, you know, everything is housed in its own little bit of structure that, that, that is governed by the rules for that structure, uh, be it... A, because accounting and auditing are different people. Mm. Um, auditors check what the accountants have done. And the accountants check what the marketers, the engineers, the, the salespeople, everybody 
okay, guys, we are going to account for what you've done for this business. And the auditors are going to come check what we've done. And the auditors are audited by a governing body called um, ERBA, which is uh, the regulation for, uh, regulatory board for auditors. Mm-hmm. And, and so everybody ha- is being checked. And, and then ERBA then obviously is, is, a, is, is, a, is a non-profit organization. So it's run by people who just want to hold the whole structure mm. together. So they, they, like there's this line by Biggie uh, where he says, I've got lawyers watching lawyers so I won't go broke. Mm-hmm. Basically, that structure is watching itself so that the country doesn't break. Mm. <laughs> you know, so that the team can keep running. It's trying to keep optimization uh, within the team by creating many structures of accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's why you'll have, when engineers are working, they'll be the, you know, the, the, the less skilled or semi-skilled workers who are actually doing the handwork. Mm. Having a supervisor, Noma Induna, that's having a look at those guys, just checking. And then there's a quality control person mm-hmm. that's inspecting whether the supervisor and his people have done the right job. And then there's this overall you know the planning team etc cetera, etc cetera. this is the whole structure that is holding everyone accountable and when i've looked into the marketing industry and i've seen you know the leaders especially in south africa everybody talk i it's very difficult for me to understand who's looking at who and what's happening in terms of managing the structure and keeping it as a as as a structure that's trying to function optimally and it's not just marketing Mm. i think it's the creative sector in its holisticness like Mm. the only reason why sports works is because there's structure that that the sports fraternity doesn't even control we've got a a world cup we've got olympics we've got a, a league these games have to air for us to make money with marketing there's just decisions mm. you know with 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 music their decisions they, there's not yeah sure there's the grammys and all of that stuff the summers you know there's durban july there's specific events that have created themselves but it's it, there's not there can't be a back page in the newspaper that's going to show the gigs and and who was the best that's going to monitor you know but but at the same time this is stuff that's being consumed on a daily basis mm. from like influencers are posting daily mm-hmm. and a lot of them have created their own schedules so there's structures there mm. there are ways to measure these things mm-hmm. and you don't have to hold people accountable first first mm. you need to start measuring understand what you're measuring mm-hmm. put things in place like how many posts do um, certain types of influencers have to post in a day to become relevant mm-hmm. and then you can start creating a structure to say if you're a finance influencer and mm-hmm. you're not posting at least three times a month uh, this is just an example yeah. then you can't be categorized as a finance influencer yes. because at least in a month you have to touch on savings you have to touch on investments mm-hmm. you have to touch on budgeting yes. um, as a, um, a wellness influencer you need to be able to at least touch on um, uh, dealing with stress in the workplace dealing with uh, you know certain topics these things can be made up as a beauty influencer you need to be at least able to showcase um, you know a good makeup good hair mm. before you're going to be showcasing the fashion you know the, the, like, the, there should be the, criteria the, 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 the that, that's that's just created from how the industry exists already. Exactly. You know, I get what you're saying. I mean, it's something that frustrates me so much because as somebody who's a speaker yeah. and an I2C, you know, influencer, 
or B2B for some people. Um, what I see a lot of, which is kind of like a subsection of what is happening, mm-hmm. is that not only are agencies and brands deciding to work with the same people mm-hmm. for different campaigns, but then they also extending and diversifying this person's career and their designation yes because they're forcing them in spaces they don't belong absolutely so now what you're getting is there's a beauty influencer and Mm -hmm. great she can show you a makeup tutorial and maybe she can talk about makeup but now you're going to make her a speaker yes to talk about social media influence and how to grow a social media page yeah that, that makes no sense to me. That's not their level of expertise. That's not their level of expertise. Do you know what it's like? It's not the level of expertise. It's like speaking about the music industry and the monetization of, um, you know, um, copyright. Yeah. Which is my job. Yes. And and then you're going to take a musician who's a creator. Yeah. Heavy and, K. And you take Heavy K. <laughs> yeah. Poor Heavy K. Yeah. You take Heavy K. You take Mambinja. You take uh, AKA. Anybody. And you, you make them speak about that. Yes. They are out of their depth and the knowledge that they might have, even if they participate as somebody who gets paid from that mm-hmm. system, they won't be able to understand, other than understanding their own journey, they won't be able to objectively share insights mm. into that particular field. Yes. So they cannot be placed they to cannot be, be placed to talk about to those talk things. about those things. You know, it, there's a real difference. Yes, I am label lion. When I get invited to speaking engagements, I wear yes. makeup. Yeah. But I'm not going to go and talk about makeup. Yes. For Estee Lauder and how to put on a face beat. I don't know how to do that. You don't. It doesn't matter how much someone might like me. That's not my expertise. My expertise is I know how to help brands amplify their messages, their campaigns, and their their vision on digital platforms Mm -hmm. and in innovative ways from a business perspective. Mm -hmm. So that's why you can invite me to come and talk to you about social media growth, about building personal brands online, offline. Absolutely. Not because I have a million followers. But because that is my line of expertise. Yes. But the problem is, you're getting somebody whose expertise is is makeup to come and talk about how to build a successful business. Mm. And this, we're not talking about girls who have businesses and they also are influencers yes. who do makeup. But also, just because you have a business, it doesn't mean you know how to talk about building one. Absolutely. And that's why everybody has a specific talent and they talk about those specific things. Yes. That's why content creators and influencers are boxed into different segments mm. because they have expertise in that. Absolutely. And by having expertise, it means you can articulate it in any way. Yes. Right? But yes. what you're finding, and which I, which I literally cry about all the time in my um, IG lives, is... Because people are being booked to do things they don't know and talk about things they don't understand, all they can talk about is their past, their journey. I grew up like this. These were my struggles, but God saved me. And now here I am with a million followers. Beware, guys. (laughs) If you're going to talk, that's all you're getting from people. You're just getting testimonials. That is not somebody who knows anything about what they're talking about. Mm, But because they... So this is the thing, you know, um, and, and I've got two things to say to that. And it's a very important uh, point that you're raising, Lebu. And it, so the, the two things are, like, for example, can you see success, the process of success, mm-hmm. or can you only see 
um, the idols of success, and by that I mean the material well, the possessions that that people who have obtained um, you know financial success um, are able to purchase. You know, holidays in the Maldives or Dubai, as people uh, prefer, um, Louis Vuitton bags, a G wagon, etc. Um, can you see the process of success? Because that's what people mark. If I'm going to have a successful influencer or, or seemingly successful influencer in front of me telling me that this was their journey, then surely their journey can work for me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, 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 so if they're getting booked as an expert in that field, isn't their testimonial going to be enough for me to draw from and be able to emulate that? No. And why is that? It can never be enough because by virtue of that, what we're saying is then anybody can teach about anything. Absolutely. That is wrong. I I love that because that was my second point. My point is like, actually, it's a question. Have you ever had a terrible teacher in high school? Of course. I think my high school journey is laden with terrible teachers. And what happened in those subjects (laughs) where you had a terrible teacher? I didn't enjoy it. You didn't enjoy it. Probably didn't um, do as well as I could. You, you didn't do as well as you could. Yes. And what actually ended up happening is that you ended up having to do more work on your own mm-hmm. just to gain an understanding enough so that you could pass those subjects. Yebo. And because the marking is very clear and straightforward and almost objective because everybody writes the same test, mm-hmm. um, that's an easy to easily measurable um, um, way of showing that when you have a bad teacher or the wrong person doing the wrong thing, the person who is on the receiving end of that suffers. Yes. So the business will suffer or you go into a talk where an influencer who does makeup uh, or is a beauty influencer and is meant to speak about entrepreneurship, then you don't really get the lesson. Even though you can be inspired by their journey, the lesson isn't really you, you're inspired by the journey, but you don't learn how to do entrepreneurship. Yes. You get what I'm trying and to say? you won't know until say, you're there failing, you're but you'll blame yourself. Yes. And you won't be able to say, but that 500 rand, 1,000 rand ticket that mm-hmm. I paid to go to that seminar yeah. where I didn't have an entrepreneur speak to me and break down the steps. A, in a real way, entrepreneur. A real entrepreneur. Who knows how to teach about entrepreneurship. Who knows how to teach about yes. entrepreneurship. Because not all of us who are entrepreneurs know how to teach about entrepreneurship. Absolutely. Because... Guys, people don't understand that it takes so much talent and skill to be able to articulate processes and systems. Mm-hmm. Someone who talks about entrepreneurship can do that. Yeah. And I'm sorry to say this, but I watch beauty bloggers too and beauty YouTubers. Of course. Guys, they struggle to talk whilst putting makeup on. Yeah. I, I've always been like so amazed by this concept of... I remember I was watching one beauty influencer, South African one. And she was doing a, okay, come get, not come get ready with me, but she was just kind of finishing up her makeup and talking about anything in life, you know? Yeah. To me, that's basic. Like, I can talk about anything in life. Like, whatever. Yeah. I'm talking about my day. I'm talking about... She had to take so many takes. And then she was like, yeah, no, my first one didn't go well, guys, but I'm trying. I'm getting better. I'm like, but you speak on YouTube all the time. How is speaking so difficult for you? Yeah. Right? So, this becomes a case of, but if you're going to get booked to, to, to speak, then we can come at you and say why don't you know how to why don't you but know how if to you speak? stay in your lane 
and you allow yourself to get booked for what you're good at, no one's going to come for you and say, but why are you doing this? We Absolutely. know that you're a makeup blogger. You do it well. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. But don't allow yourself to be dragged into this other crazy place that agencies want to put you in where at some point you're going to have to answer for things that they're going to just absorb themselves so should i say no to bags i think what we should be doing is trying to nurture our industry so we can keep extracting potential and opportunities from it for for the long run okay so what i'm saying is and i remember having a conversation with candace moody sedley on my podcast about this yeah she was saying she gets offered gigs to do things she doesn't do yeah because she's pretty yeah and they're like well because you're pretty you can dance so come dance or you can sing so come sing she's like but yeah. that's not what i'm doing right now that's yes. not what i can do i know someone who does it better and they fit for this thing yes and i think if we were all living in an industry where we trusted each other uh-huh. we would understand that but if someone's offering me a speaking gig, I can just pass it on to label because if someone offers her a makeup gig, she's going to pass it on to me. Yes. You know, it, it's that kind of thing of us re- regulating the industry ourselves. Yeah. Instead of being part of the problem. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, when you raise things like this, always, because um, I've experienced it in conversations I've had with people, they always say, then, but, but then how do we fix it? How do we fix it? it becomes, but having this conversation mm-hmm. is, is, is a part of fixing it. Yes. It's just raising it and saying, hey guys, this is what's happening. Mm. Think about it. Yes. Let's be conscious, conscious yeah. of it and be able to make decisions that are better than what we've been making before. Yeah. And I think every one of us knows how it feels to actually complete a job where you actually don't have the expertise Mm. Uh, a lot of people have you know put up those memes where they say when you lied on your cv or your resume Mm. and then you actually have to do the job and it's very funny stuff that you you see in those memes and it's the same thing Mm. and we don't i know personally i haven't enjoyed um you know doing the work where it was just to get the check and it's something that i really don't have an interest in so i don't have you know much much expertise on it mm. and I've, it's always been so fulfilling to do something that's aligned with my interests with what i do on a daily basis what stimulates me or what most people call their passion um and and i think i think what you're saying for me made me think of you can't want to gain relevance at the extent of your future self at, to the detriment of your future self to the detriment of your you future can't self. want to gain relevance to the detriment of your future self mm. and the future that you want your kids to live in mm. and the future that you want your friends to also uh, gain from and your family to your gain family from. yeah you know i don't think enough of us are understanding that brands don't work with you because they love you Brands no. work with you because they need something from you. Yes. So they're using you as a pawn. As an influencer, you're probably the most vulnerable person in the whole ecosystem yes. of influencer marketing campaigns with brands and agencies. So you have to ask yourself, what are they using me to do? What kind of story am I helping brands and agencies paint every time I say yes to something? Ooh. Right? And then you understand that when history... When we're looking back and we're looking at history, we're not going to say this agency. We're going to say this influencer. This influencer. Are you the person who 
you want us to to say bad things about or to say this is when the demise mm. of influencer marketing in SA started. Mm. They hardly mention the agencies or the brands, guys. Mm. It's crazy how history likes to pick on the smallest guy and put all of the mistakes on that little guy. Yes. They never hold the big corporates and the big agencies accountable for the mess they created. That's so you true. have to ask yourself and remember as an influencer you're really blessed because you have a digital footprint mm-hmm. that has power because yes. people are led by you. Mm. And through that, you can diversify your brand into a personal brand that can do so much. Mm. You can be your own corporate in the next 10 years, mm. selling products under your name. Mm. So you stop just being an influencer. I don't know why I'm saying just because it's such an incredible and powerful thing. But yes. you stop being an influencer only and you start to become an entire you know a business complete yes. business that has lots of moving parts not just yes. you as the product but many other products yes so every time you work with a brand that doesn't honor that hmm. you are taking away those opportunities to diversify and give yourself your own money that's in your own control in the future mm. and wow. that is the problem yes. that people are not understanding that guys agencies suck a lot of them Brands suck a lot of them because they're making really bad decisions and they're not mm. taking ownership of it. And mm. we're seeing it in these marketing reports and social media reports. They're all saying influencers are bad. That's what I'm reading. They're saying, mm. no, these people don't work. And their audiences, oh my gosh, the worst one. Their audiences <laughs> are not educated. This is by virtue of the fact that the audiences are black and African. That wow. Maybe your audience is not educated. Maybe your audience doesn't understand technology. Maybe your audience is not doing this and this and this. Wow. So what do they do? Then they blame the lack of results on the audience because they assuming that the audience is not capable of understanding the comms that but they've been given. But wasn't it their job to understand the and audience the in the first place? That's the problem. Because someone people will say, that's unbelievable. It's the truth. That's what's happening, guys. South Africa is still a very racist uh, country. There's a lot of racist business going on. Yeah. Um, but racist assumptions being made to make very big decisions. And mm. that's why you also see Caucasian agencies really getting big contracts. And when you see their campaigns, it's not even sticking. Most of the time, it's not even trending. The ads are so on the nose, Caucasian, South African. And you're like, do you really believe that this accounting software can only be bought by white people? (laughs) You know, or do you really believe that this specific gin will only be bought by white people? Do you really believe that white people are the only ones who drink green shakes and go to the gym? Why is your communication so tone deaf to the fact that we're living in a diverse country? Yeah, man. You get what I'm trying to say? So already there's that mess going on of agencies being whack and a lot of them being low-key racist because of how they execute campaigns and the assumptions that they make in terms of the audiences. So true. So there's a lot of blame being put on influencers because they know influencers are not in the room. Yeah. And I'm saying this as an influencer because half the time when I do campaigns, you know, I see that when a brand manager who's the project lead for me uh, on a project, they'll blame me for the mistakes they're making. If they're not communicating the timeline well, if they haven't told the client what's happening, all the blame gets put on me because they're trying to save their asses. Asses, exactly. I'm the easy scapegoat. Mm. And so, what does that mean? When I'm, bruh. (laughs) 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 So, so what happens is that my future opportunities to work with that brand have been severed because of a brand manager 
who couldn't tell the truth about what they were not doing and how they didn't communicate properly with me and how I executed based on their brief. Yeah. Do you see how, as an influencer, you really are the weakest link in this whole thing? Mm. You're the most vulnerable, even if you do the best work. Mm. So you need to be using your influence to build something bigger for yourself that's mm. outside of the control mm. of people who a undermine your community which is the dumbest thing to do because all markets are based on communities yes they are literally every brand that matters is selling to a community absolutely so anybody who has the audacity to undermine any community no matter if that community has five rand to spend or a million rands to spend is a complete dumbass I am yeah. saying this on my podcast. Anybody who undermines communities, which are markets, is a dumbass and somebody who doesn't understand how to make money mm. because money is literally all about the market. It's Absolutely. about the people. So anybody who's like that, already you must try to get far away from that person. And if you can't, make the money as soon as you can and leave. Right? Oof. But also, you need to understand that as an influencer, you have the power to dictate how brands do influencer marketing by what you choose to participate in. Yes. You know, I think part of what's happening is because everybody's just saying yes because they want to be famous and they want to be relevant, yeah. what you're seeing is now the market and the competition is only based on numbers. That's true. So I get all of us can influence everything. Yeah. So therefore, what, the only thing that will matter is how many followers you have. Yeah. And then what makes yeah. you more valuable in terms of how many followers you have is of that how many followers, how many of them are famous people? And how many famous people do you have photos with? Okay. Oof. Boom. Your page is valuable. That's what's happening. Yeah, that's that's very disappointing. That's what's happening because nobody is really deriving value from influencers. So the only way they can show client is, oh, but we have this influencer and she's friends with this celebrity. And she has a million followers. Therefore, she'll work for anything. Wow. I mean, for example, I mean, what kind of objectives would would campaigns have then for example if you take a brand like uh oof, um talk about product if you talk yeah if you take if, if if you take a product like uh for example toothpaste yeah um and and they want to plug into uh maybe the you know the younger generation uh millennials um gen gen y mm -hmm. uh or, or millennials gen y anyway Millennials, Gen Z, TikTok generation, or in South Africa, as they call them, my 2000s, and people born, born from the late 80s upwards. Mm -hmm. how, 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 what kind of influences or campaigns should they be, um, you know, plugging into to make sure that they stay relevant and it makes sense for them to be where they are? That's a great question, you know, and I think this is where strategy comes into play. Yes. Uh, because when we talk about influencer marketing, most of it is executed online on social media platforms. Uh -huh. Social media marketing and influencer marketing are two different things. Yes. People need to understand this. So for me, because that kind of execution of the influencer strategy would probably be online, mm -hmm. I would go platform first. Okay. Because you said we're looking for Gen Zs. Yes. So on our campaign, we need to be finding uh, the platform that's the most saturated with that Gen Z market so we can touch them with almost any influencer we use. Uh-huh. Right? So already, that, that for me, that means TikTok. Okay. Okay. I'm not even thinking about Instagram. I'm not even thinking about Facebook. I'm not even thinking about 
uh, Twitter first, yes. TikTok platform first for okay. this kind of campaign. Okay. Because we understand exactly who we're looking for All right. and we know the product. Okay. Right? So then when we get to that platform, we go, who on that platform has uh, secured the most of this market we're looking for? Yes. And who on, in that criteria is a great content creator and can create stories and narratives that we haven't thought about uh-huh. to showcase this product? Okay. Because social media marketing and influencer marketing are all about, like I said, plugging into existing conversations and cultures. Okay. So you don't tell the influencer what you do to do. You say to them, this is what we're trying to do. In the way that you produce content, how would you be able to make that happen? Yes. And too many agencies and brands are saying, this is what we want to do. This is how you're going to do it. And then uh-huh. as an influencer, I say, but I don't do things like that. Uh-huh. So why are you asking me to do it? Because we're, ne- we're not going to win. It's going to be a fail, fail either way. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you know what I, I mean? I mean, if I, if I follow somebody for their dances and for a certain campaign, now they're doing push-ups, I'm yeah. going to scroll past. Exactly. Then it, the, uh, the message missed the mm. audience that it's trying to to get to because it was dictated in a way that doesn't make sense exactly i think you've just written the blueprint thank you i think you've just given us the rubric <laughs> because i think i mean and, and as you said there are different strategies for different types of scenarios i can mm. throw another one at you and you would have a completely different outcome to what you just said but i think there's 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 almost an overriding rule that speaks to um platform uh well starts with audience where does that audience exist? Uh, which platform would be best to, to, to target that audience? And then and, who? And then who? Yes. Um, who and, would be but, which influencer? Absolutely. Yeah. And then it becomes challenging because then if I'm working with the same influencers, they most likely are on the wrong platform. Because mm-hmm. I'm deciding who first before I decide on audience. Where? And, it's, and it's which like platform. Saying, it's like saying you oh want to sell uh, vegan food. Yeah. But... You're choosing to go to Santon because you like Santon. Yes. Hello, you're selling vegan food. So the first decision you have to make is where do people who eat vegan food go? Mm. Then you go there. Yes. (laughs) Then you say, okay, how do they like it presented to themselves so they Mm. can eat it? Okay. So who's going to help me do that? Mm. You don't go who first, you Mm. know, a lot of the time. But some agencies can, depending on the strategy, because some agencies can say, we don't know where. Yes. So, because we don't know where, but we know the community, we're going to go to the influencer who we think houses this community. Absolutely. But the issue with that kind of strategy is that yeah. because different generations exist on different platforms, uh-huh. um, you might find someone who has a million followers, but only 1,000 of those followers are Gen Z. I see. So you I don't see. know how saturated they are with the market that you're looking for. Um, and so even though you might feel like because you're shooting at someone with a million followers, you're getting the biggest reach, you actually might not be. You might not be. <laughs> and you, that, and that's why a platform can inform how much of that audience that person has secured on their profile. Mm. But also what it shows you is... If you're going for Gen Z, we choose TikTok, and you have your favorite influence on, on Instagram, yeah. and you look at their TikTok and it's not a thing, yeah. then they're not the person to work with. They're not the person to work right? with. Right? Because on this platform, they're not relevant. We're not not all influencers are relevant on all platforms. Yeah. Even if they are known. Yeah. So just because Mithlali is known on TikTok, it doesn't mean she will be the best TikToker. Okay. Harley Davidson's... Um, customers 
will f- you will find no matter Harley Davidson dealership. It's absolutely. <laughs> you know yeah, what absolutely. I mean? Like it's not. So why not go there instead of trying to go to an influencer to go find Harley Davidson? Yeah. Like go yeah. where they buy. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. are they buying? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> then talk to the people who are influencers in that category about they buy. Mm. So it, this is not haterade, guys. I think what people don't understand is. When you have a strategic mind like mine or yours, yeah. and you see business as business, yeah. many things are just absolutely dumb. Mm. They're so stupid that people are doing, and you can see them. There's not even finesse yeah. in how it's trying to be executed that it's truly offensive. And I think, um, absolutely, you've, you've actually you know laid down or laid out so many solutions and so many uh, ways that people can do things differently. Um, and 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 I think more than anything, you've you've given direction to this whole um, issue that you're raising. Um, and more than anything, what I'm picking up is the most important thing here is objectivity. Mm-hmm. Are you being objective in the decisions that you're making? And that means, are you giving, you know, the project, the client, the best outcome possible? As the person in the agency, you can even say, you've hired me. I am the expert at this and I will give you the best results. And when you are giving you know, directions objectively, you can stand firm and put your neck on the line and say, because of one, two, three, and that's being able to lay out the audience that you're trying to reach is this audience. And this audience lives here. And here, this is the King Don Father of this platform to speak to this audience for you. You've actually basically just laid that all out. Guys, Q's not even a marketer and he got my steps so easily. Well, my job is to think of things objectively. But the point I'm making is it's not that difficult. It's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. All you have to do is to be thinking. So then we're asking another question. Are people thinking? They're thinking about the bag. Are they thinking? That's what they're thinking about. You know, someone said something very interesting before we close off this podcast on Twitter. They were responding to my tweet about the agencies and they said, and I can't even imagine what it's like to work at those agencies when you know better. You know, because a lot of people are working in these agencies. They're just there because they cannot find work anywhere else. We are living in a very difficult continent, challenging situations Mm. it's not that easy to just leave a job it's not that easy to just um establish your voice in spaces where your boss's in intent on just securing bags and making clients happy with nonsense you know so for those people please understand that we sympathize with you we know that you're there we're not saying that just because you have a bad leader that you are also bad at your job we understand that anything an agency executes is the result of poor leadership yes Poor leadership is the reason why, even with brands, the bad decisions they're making with marketing agencies are as a result of poor leadership. Yes. And so we cannot say that just because you are under a bad leader, yes. that you are also a bad marketer. Ooh. Guys, understand that. Yes. yes. I'm on the side of our industry yes. and anybody in our industry is trying to do it properly. Absolutely. And I understand that not all of us have the power to do it the way we would like to. Mm. Mm. 
Mm. It's important. It's very important. And I think that's almost a conversation for another day. Like mm. just being in a toxic environment, how do you identify that? How do you know? Mm. Because you'll feel depressed and feel like it's because you're not, you know, waking up at 5 a.m. because you're not doing <laughs> yoga. And it's just, you know, it's just the environment that, you, you're, in. that you're in. It's mm. just, you know, work is, a, is, is, is actually, you know, the family of adults, you know, the working environment, you know, it's, it's not... Family is no longer your, your your wife, your husband, your 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 kids, your your you know your dad, your mom, your cousins. It's now your colleagues because that's who you're spending the most time with, you know. And if that's a toxic environment, damn, you you will very easily be distracted. How can you produce great work? And yeah, yeah. And ooh, how can you? And I mean, and that's what we're saying. It sucks because when one person does badly, we are all affected. Mm. When one or two or four agencies decide to do the wrong thing, we all become the problem by virtue of association. I think I have a a closing analogy to kind of, you know, touch on all of this. Because when you were sharing, uh, you know, the, the toxicities that come with decisions that aren't, you know, objective and good for, you know, that particular campaign, Mm. it's like... You know, having so many people, you know, come to, let's say, for example, Moja Cafe for a big announcement that's the biggest party of the year that gets marketed everywhere. And when people arrive, there's like, you know, a special guest that's going to be performing there. And people are, you know, it's packed, you know, that it's just about to start and it gets revealed um, that it's Steve Offmeyer <laughs> that's performing at Moja Cafe. Yeah, that's gonna make you know the people this Moja Cafe who had stocked up on bottles and and food, all of that stuff. They're gonna lose out mm-hmm. on that business. Um, so it's not just them. They also the you know the the people on the periphery, other stakeholders that have plugged themselves to that ecosystem, like the car guards, etc., who were gonna watch the cars, get good tips. Um, some of them are going to even wash and clean the cars and get some money from that. Those mm. people are going to leave. They're going to leave angry. They don't want to part with any of their money because it was such a waste of their time mm. for them to be there. <laughs> and over and above that, the, the garages and all the food places that are in and around that area are going to lose out as well. Uh, the ecosystem, like the ripple effect. Yeah is so wide when one person makes a bad decision. And the larger the campaign, the worse it is. Mm -hmm. It's a lose-lose situation. Mm. Even me as Label Lion having this conversation doesn't make me a winner. Yeah. Because I'm part of an industry that's losing. Oh, God. That's it, guys. That's that's how it is, you know? And we're not saying here that there's no hope, but we're saying let's first fix our mindset and our perspective on this thing. Absolutely. There really is a miss conception about what is happening and a lot of people think it's dragging but we need to have these conversations because if we don't talk about it we're going to be dragged in life Mm. through an industry and careers that are not fulfilling Mm. and that has to change Mm. you know and then we can have more conversations in the future and talk about campaigns we do like i think the next podcast will be about that like what campaigns are we liking what do we what did we enjoy i recently was a judge for the 2021 prism awards for a new category they had which was influencer marketing campaigns and influencers so we were Mm. doing press drops we were doing unboxings we were doing all the influencer marketing campaigns that really matter that's so cool. uh, last year and we were also doing you know 
selecting the top influencers for the year. Yeah. And it was a very interesting process for me. And I think maybe I should invite someone from the prism so we can talk about the process of judging. Yeah. Because until I did it, I was very skeptical about what they were doing. Okay. You know, so um, I gained some valuable insights and I'd, and I'd like to talk to it to about them with everybody. That's but yeah, awesome. Thank you, Manoba, for joining us today. Yeah, I think, uh, thank you. And I think, yo, I think the brands... Uh, the agencies <laughs> need to need to you know have some sit downs with you and oh and, yes and, and kind of just understand <laughs> whether what they're doing is really objective even if they feel that it might be because yeah. it's good to have somebody who has a you know a, a, like a criticizing eye but like just critiquing eye not only for the outside world but for themselves too just to make themselves better hmm. and it's, I'm efficiency it's, driven it's, it's you efficient efficiency that's what driven I am. and it, that's that's awesome and yeah. just to optimize the country to be a better player in the yes. world the, the globalization means you know dog eats dog from a from a country perspective mm. and and we're lagging behind and I, and I appreciate you. And I, 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 I mean, I'm happy to have been on this podcast because I believe that you are one of those people who share the values of, and objectives of making this country, you know, globally competitive. So, yeah, I mean, shout out to you. Thanks for having me. Oh, that's so kind of you. And I really appreciate those words coming from you because you're also doing big things, putting South Africa on the map, you know? Yeah. And I think we'll talk about that when we talk about the music industry because you genuinely are changing the game, guys. You guys don't know how much this man is changing the game and, right, <laughs> and, and facilitating deals that you're seeing in the paper. Yeah. You know, just because we can sit here and have these conversations, it doesn't mean we're not doing incredible things in our respective careers, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what's also missing in the in the podcasting world and in the conversation world. Yeah. Where people are talking because they actually have experienced and they know what they're talking about, you know? Mm. And it's not about being a topical expert, but it is about being a thinker. Yes. And someone who can talk about their thoughts. Absolutely. You know, so thank you so much for adding that value to my podcast. That kind of, you know, that the substance, the value, the mm. grain, the texture. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're making a brown man blush. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>